So you were telling me about your neighbors taking your laundry out before it was done? Yeah, literally time left on the dryer. And the woman start. I don't. I won't name her name. I don't think I even know her name. She starts. She starts taking the do th- clothes. <laughs> do you think she should be a listener, or do you think that somebody <laughs> would come after her? Like, what's the harm? Yeah, that, that's that's true. Um, but yeah, call I mean, her Amy. How, yeah, well, yeah, that's right, Amy. Um, I mean, how weird is that? That's one of those things where I don't know what what you would what one would do like is that something you have a com- uh, a confrontation over i'm not saying like be mean about it but that's because i found in recent in recent years people have just become so um indignant and confident in their being a terrible human being i don't know it seems like somebody would double down on that i i have been making an effort to be less confrontational and to try to kind of let things just roll off roll off my shoulders as you would say so i i I, for a very brief moment considered getting quite upset but took a breath i i made it known i was displeased but did so in a forceful yet diplomatic way okay yeah that that seemed that seems fair but that implies you had a a period where you were very confrontational and i can't picture that yeah, no, I definitely can be. I think it's mostly, mostly like at work. Hmm. I would say not not so much in my personal life, but if I get frustrated with something at work, I can be. When I think, I don't know, I don't know what it is about. This is getting very existential here, but like, <laughs> I feel like just like my natural state and sort of like my my neutral expression and even like my neutral tone of voice makes it sound like I'm much more serious than sometimes I even intend. Does that make sense? It does. Like, if you don't have a very animated or lively voice, it can seem like you're maybe being... Yeah, I I can totally see that. Okay. Because that's... Some, like, I'm getting... I'm also getting better at sort of, like, becoming self-aware as to maybe when I'm being a little too harsh or being unnecessarily confrontational... But then I also have other moments where someone will will say something to me about sort of coming across as being a little too harsh or whatever, and I'll think like, huh, like I I really didn't mean or think that I was. Like I thought I was just sort of, you know, calmly or sort of in a neutral way expressing something. But I feel like sometimes that's just not the way that I come across. Which maybe, which maybe listeners of the show already, you know, maybe they already know that, having listened to us for how many hours of recorded shows do you think we have out? There's got to be over a hundred now, right? This is episode nine eighty. What is this? This is seven. It's seventy something. But I'm I'm saying like in terms of hours, it's it's got to be. Well, I was just gonna I was just gonna multiply that by an hour and a half. Yeah. Yeah, pro- probably over a hundred hours, and I and I st- again, this is one of those things where. Most podcast clients don't allow you to listen to the newest one. They make you listen to the back catalog in in order. Oh, so actually, it's actually this is this is episode eighty nine. Yeah, nice. yeah. I was yeah. like, this is we've been we've been doing this for our entire lives. Huh. Eighty nine times one point five, one hundred thirty three hours. So that is one thirty three divided by twenty four, five and a half days. If somebody wanted to spend <laughs> their entire, I don't know, like if they want to take some time off work and and deprive themselves of sleep and just. Uh, 
is it called pounding or slamming when you pound back red bulls for five and a half days no i think it's i think it's slamming yeah yeah kids (laughs) kids these days I've, you know, putting aside the fact that listening to yourself is, is kind of weird, I, I have thought it would be sort of neat to go back into the archives and just listen to, I don't know, episode 23 or just some something from a couple of years ago. Well, let me, it, let might, me, it might be kind of interesting. Pull up my air table here and see if that was a good one. Did you, did, did you really go back and do every episode? I did. I was really bored one day. <laughs> wow. Uh, episode twenty, episode twenty three, windows all the way down from January twenty first, twenty fifteen. We talked about enterprise software. God, this is terrible. Uh, iPad Minis and uh, Windows ten. Man, remember, remember Windows. I I don't because I because <laughs> I tried using it and it won't install my virtual machine, so I, I gave up. This is back when that was uh, back. Soul and Balmer was around, I think. Or no, Nadella has been doing it for a couple of years. Yeah, no, Balmer was. Um, he was a he was the Clippers owner by then, wasn't he? He's on it for two seasons, right? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah, I, I told you, like, I for for quality control, I listened to um, like one out of every eight episodes. So yeah, so and I I I find it extremely uh, strange to listen to my own my own voice for an hour and a half. But yeah, I think we put together a, a decent, uh, decent radio program. I think so. Yeah, I think so. We we're getting to that point though, where we kind of do have to start thinking about what we want to do for episode one hundred. I think maybe maybe the in person show will be episode one hundred. Maybe yeah. We've we've talked about doing that, but I I, I think there's going to be some additional equipment that's going to have to come into play for that to happen. I think we'd have to ask. The managers of Blue Barn to see if they would allow us to bring IMAX into in, into the restaurant. Well, so you, I'm not, not sure that's standard. Not only are you implying that the uh, manager of Blue Barn would allow that, but you're also implying that I would buy episode 100 own an IMAX. I think we're, I think we'll we'll talk about that because again, as uh, well, hold up, yeah, yeah, we'll we'll get there. Okay. Uh, but yeah, to run this out, yeah, I, I, yeah, listening to your own your own radio program that that's tough. But yeah, we've been doing this a while, so that's that's cool. And I do apologize to uh, the listeners where this has been. Um, I think we a three week break since our our last program. So yeah, we should. I mean, we should just we should throw this out there. It's and we we won't go into the the nuts and bolts, but a bit of a transitional period in personal lives. There's been some vacation involved, and just as a a word of warning, there will be continued transition on on both sides, and then there will also be some additional vacation coming up. So uh, the episodes will will be a little sporadic from now through. Let's say. Let's just say, you know, the middle of October or so, but... Um, well, because you're going to be busy out in Europe uh, scoping out your next place to live uh, as, a, as a fallback plan for the Trump presidency. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's... Yeah, we're we're um, going to make kind of like a list of the top top five countries and then kind of narrow it down from there. I, for you, I think I probably Ireland, they seem to have a pretty lax tax structure. Yeah, I liked I liked Ireland last year. That was that was nice. You know, the weather the weather's more up your alley than mine. Yeah, is uh, is uh 
is Ireland like Scotland in the sense that it's uh, all all rainy and gray all the time? Pretty much. Yeah, sounds sounds. Uh, although nice. ironically, last year when I was out there, we had some of the best weather of the trip in Ireland, which was not not expected. Did you play golf in Ireland? We did. Yeah. Seems like the place. Yeah, no, it was. It, people say that it's you kind of get like the Scottish golf experience, but at like less than half the price. Because apparently, golfing in <laughs> Scotland's very expensive. Well, because it's it's the birthplace of golf, and so they 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 hype up that whole thing, and you know. Yeah, Scottish golf at beer prices. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, cool. So, um, and also, I guess the the political podcast, which we. We continue to talk about it again been, next week. Been put on, been put on the back burner. No, next week. I just wasn't prepared. Okay, I haven't had a TV in a bit. Yeah, I mean, it, well, actually, that's actually probably in your benefit. I, in some ways, would just recommend not hooking the TV back up until uh, November 9th. Well, that's well. Okay, so he can't do anything until January. Well, well, that yeah, that too. You can I just I'll, I thought, I'll thought, point he gonna, out, thought he was going to ban the media, the the lying media that can say whatever they want with with no repercussions. Well, no, now that the media is just fawning all over him, there's there's no need. Well, when are they not? Yeah. Ugh, ugh. Um. One one fact I'll throw yeah, out. Yeah, now the, I can see why people think you're aggressive. Yeah, I, I growl <laughs> like that all the time. Um. One thing I'll say about the the election real quick, which, which is, you know, not only is this just one of the, pro- probably the worst election in modern times, it's also one of the longest because, because of the timing of the Olympics this year, the conventions were held about a month earlier than they were, I believe, in both 2012 and 08. Was that the reason they were pushed up? Really? Yeah. Huh. Well, they, they well, they're they're never the the conventions are never going to be at the same time as the Olympics. That that is certainly coordinated. And with the timing of the Olympics this time around, like doing the conventions after the Olympics would be too late. Um. So we had the conventions before the Olympics in July, and election day is the latest possible date. It can be okay it can't be later than november 8th what is what's the language of the amendment or or whatever describes the election process so it is the second tuesday in november so because november 1st is a tuesday this year that means that the election is the 8th that's the so again the latest it could be got it so we between the you know earliness of the conventions and the lateness of election day, the election is basically like five weeks longer than it's been the last couple of cycles. <sighs> yeah. If you, if you want to get good and angry, this is the last thing I'll say about the election. You want to, want to get good and angry, read into the, um, the events from this evening with the... Uh, Which part? The, 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 Matt, Matt, the, Matt, the Matt Lauer interviews. And and then if you want to get real real angry after you can look into the uh, the New York Times coverage of the event afterwards. Well, what is hold on? What is because I've had this um, I've had this tab open for like the past two hours and I don't know what it is. Yeah, the, this is what I'm referring to. It's evidently the New York Times had an article written up about the event 
and about the interviews, but then mostly revised it an hour later. Was it inaccurate or was it just unfriendly to somebody? The, well, I guess people are sort of, people are still sort of trying to piece this together and I guess determine whether or not this is even fully accurate. But the first, you know, the, the biggest thing people are upset about is that the first version of the article makes reference to the just atrocious comments that Trump made about Putin. And then the revised article completely just omits that part. Hmm. So wait, is is this interview worth watching or is it like like is it is it just him being an awful person or is it a poor job by the press of holding like what what is what is enraging about this? It mostly it was mostly Lauer's line of questioning where he treated Clinton like you would any presidential candidate and he treated Trump like a child. Like I think literally the first question was like tell me why you think you should be president. Whereas like the first question to Clinton was a very direct question about something with the the whole email crap. Ugh. Yeah. Well, I I I guess that makes the theme of the week courage. Nice pivot to use a um political word. Was that too forced? Uh, this is No, I think I think it was good. This is a frustrating week and again like I I haven't really Prepared much, but I, I assume this in, uh, this morning uh, was the Apple event for the iPhone 7, and I assume that's going to be all we're, we're going to talk about. I think so. Um, there have been some fringe stories on the, the technology front, but really, like, for the last handful of years, this late August, early September time period is all about first speculating about the Apple event, having the Apple event occur, and then dissecting what happened at the Apple event. So we are at that middle point now where, yes, today the, the event took place. So yeah, all, all I have in the notes here um, are, are just notes about the event today. So I, I think that's what we can focus on. Sure. So do you want to go in the order of the event or do you want to, uh, do you want to pick and choose? I think so. Um, that's, that's, how I've got, that's how I've got my notes, notes here down on the, on, the, on the note cards. Yeah, I'll let you tee it off. <laughs> um, don't, I don't necessarily want to talk like throughout this about a lot of the like event meta stuff, but the one thing that was sort of um, noteworthy, I thought, was the, the intro. Um, so this is, there was a video, a pre-roll video, which, which Apple has done frequently in the past, used to be more of just like a, almost like an Apple commercial, but um, has, has over the years sort of evolved into some comedy bits like there was that bill Hader video from one or two years ago they've done some various things but so today was um a carpool karaoke bit with um is it is it james corden is that his name the mm -hmm. comedian and tim cook and it, it, the video was basically like an episode of karaoke carpool which i actually had totally forgotten that apple bought the rights to um which when i when i realized that after the event or reminded myself of that after the event. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, that intro makes a lot more sense now. Um, and Tim Cook. And I guess what, what what's so um, striking about the video was it really is a symbol of new Apple and like Tim Cook's Apple, right? In the sense that there's never in a million years would 
Steve Jobs do that video. Like, there's just, there's just absolutely no way. And, like, I'm not even necessarily sure that Tim Cook would have done that video a handful of years ago. But, you know, here we are now in, in 2016, and I, I, think, I think this is the, the Apple that we have, and I think in some ways it's good. It's certainly a much more self-aware and sort of, you know, open Apple, but I don't know. It's, it, on the other hand, it's, it's just sort of, um, it's still just sort of weird to see the CEO of Apple, like, sort of making the intro video sort of about himself. Yeah, I, I, I saw, I had most of it on mute, but I, it, it seemed fun. I, I just, I don't necessarily know if these things are necessary because it's not what people are tuning in for and they're never genuinely that funny or amusing i mean they're fun but yeah i i don't i don't know i don't know if this is the spirit of the new like um pr director or whoever is convincing them to do this but i mean it's it's i'm sure it's fun for somebody yeah i just and you you bring up the point about sort of utilization of time during the event it just feels like between this video and then the musical performance at the end like if they just cut those things out you know maybe maybe mac hardware does make more sense at this event or something like that i don't know yeah i mean is, wait is that coming out anytime soon do you think it was omitted because it wasn't ready or because they didn't want to share the stage i i sort of think i sort of think that it's because they don't want to share the stage because there never has been an event where we've had the iPhone and Mac hardware. You know, we've had. I'm sure we. I'm sure we have. No? Back when the iPhones no. used to be uh, released at WWDC. Well, okay, that's a fair point. I guess now that we've shifted to the fall iPhone event, there hasn't been any sort of convergence since. Or then. probably since the iPhone became Apple's biggest business. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Okay. But yeah, I mean, I, whatever. I mean, this is it. It's it's fun for some people, and 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 that's fine. But um, so the actual like product keynote that started, it didn't start with Apple Watch. There was something before it. So it started with. So it, it's sort. It's funny with these Apple events. I was thinking about this today. You you can really split them up into sort of two categories, or like the the content of the event. You can split into two categories. The hardware stuff, which is supply chain dependent, which we know everything about, every last little detail we know, basically. And then there's all of the non-supply chain stuff, which is mostly like software, marketing, pricing, that kind of stuff. The stuff that stays internal at Apple, which we don't know about, which end up being sort of like the nice surprises throughout the event. So that's what we started with today, where... um Tim Cook, right off the bat, after doing a couple small little updates, brought out um, Shigeru Miyamoto, the creator of oh, yeah. Mario. And we, we got the kind of what everybody views as the, the long-awaited Mario release for, for iOS. Um, you know, I think for years and years, and, and we've talked about it at length on the show even, it's it's really just it's not a matter of if but a matter of when Nintendo is going to eventually shift their strategy towards really just being a 
game publisher and software company as opposed to continuing to develop their own hardware. And, you know, they've, they've sort of dipped their toes in the water of the mobile stuff over the last year or so, but they haven't really put out like one of their huge marquee properties. And so we, we finally got this with, with Mario Run is the name of the game. It's, 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 it's basically like a regular Mario game, except it's, it's sort of like one of those, it's not an infinite runner because there are levels, but Mario is continuously moving on the screen and then what you control is his jumping. So you don't really have total control over him like you would with a traditional like handheld game, which on one hand is sort of a, I don't know, kind of a little bit of a bummer, but but on the other it's it it seems like it's a it's a design that really is catered towards the platform it's on as opposed to just being like a port from another platform. Like I th- I think the the one-handedness of the game is smart. Like I made a comment to you cuz I I I didn't see the video until after the fact cuz I I was just following along on a live blog. Um but you know, I noticed that all the the screenshots were in portrait, which I thought were were kind of odd. I would have I would have pictured the game being in landscape, but being able to just to play with one hand, I think is um is kind of neat, and it's something that they actually you know called out during the presentation. Yeah. So my my question. So this this looks cool. Um, I'm glad there's there's more Mario going around because that's that's been the Nintendo like uh character that I've I've always been the most interested in. But like I even one time bought like i think it was like what was the uh was it uh a game boy micro what was the thing they came out with in like 2008 that was like just a super small game boy yeah the game boy game boy micro that's exactly right yes i mean that that was fun um so i guess my question is do you think because i've always when we've talked about this previously of like what what is nintendo doing with mobile gaming i always wonder like just why are they holding back and, and not using their best like intellectual property to make cool games on platforms that aren't their own just because i mean why not at this point so do you think this is um i can't think of a better way to say it but is this is this a whole assed effort or do you think they're still trying to hold something back i think it's like uh that's what i was kind of trying to get at when i was describing what the game was i think it's like a 75 percent effort where it's it's definitely not a like bare bones version of Mario where it where it's like very clear that you know yeah okay we're bringing you know in air quotes we're bringing Mario to iOS but if you want the real Mario experience you still got to come over to our platform it's like it's not it's not totally like that but it it also isn't like you know here's the next major Mario release like it it's something that's you know, it, it's somewhere in between those, skewing a little bit, I think, more towards like, here is a full standalone Mario release, but not quite all the way there. But I, I think, I don't know, like, if, if, I, if I'm Nintendo, like, like, trying to look at this through Nintendo's eyes, it makes sense to me. Like, th- this is something, this is a move where there's no going back, you know, once they... Once they begin to unlock these properties from their hardware and they give taste they give people a taste of playing these properties on other platforms, you, you can't take that back. And 
I mean, the reality for them is that the only reason that people buy Nintendo hardware is to play Nintendo properties, which makes them unique from Microsoft and um, Sony, which, you know, are reliant upon third-party developers. So, you know, I, I understand them being cautious. So I, I, I don't know. I think this is a, I think this is a good first step. This is actually, to be honest, this is when I first saw that Miramoto was coming out on stage, I was, I was totally expecting like the, what, what was that, um, that me game that they put out on iOS a while ago? Oh God. Does that mean, uh, Mitomo? Mitomo. Like my, my very first thought was, oh my God, this is going to be the, this is going to be like Mario's version of Mitomo. It was going to be like, I don't know, like putting different outfits on Mario or something like something really just awful. But I was I was pleasantly surprised when I it quickly became apparent this this was much more of a you know again seventy five percent fledged Mario game. Okay, yeah, I mean that 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 seems right. Like it seems like they're you they are using the character to the fullest and. It's always challenging to to identify whether or not because I mean this seems like they are trying to use that IP and apply it in the most sensible way on the platform like in like the device they're trying to use like because if you if you thought about it a couple of years ago and you thought like what would a Mario Nintendo game look like on this it would be like a landscaped ba- uh, a landscape orientation based like just port of Super Mario Brothers. Whereas this is something they're actually trying to do a little bit differently and embrace the kind of the limitations and the and, and the strengths of the uh, of the device that you played on, which is not the type of device that they make. Yeah, right. I, I think I think that's really smart. I think catering towards the actual device it's on makes it apparent that they're they're not just, you know, half-assing something. But again, I think the flip side of that is if you're someone who has just historically wanted like, you know, the core Super Mario Galaxy games or, you know, the Super Mario games that have come out for the Wii U, that that's not what this is. Like it it's 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 somewhere it like I guess I guess I keep saying seventy five percent, which is exactly it's halfway between being half assed and being like a a full fledged Mario game. Could I appreciate you not saying full assed? <laughs> Dance so around it's, it. So it's a family friendly program. Wait, half assed is fine, but full 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 assed is where that's, it becomes PG thirteen. That's right. Oh, good we to can, know. We can we can we can talk about that later. <laughs> yeah. um okay so and then after that did it jump straight into and then there's like we'll skip over this i don't i don't really care but there was pokemon go now optimized for apple watch which then well pivoted into apple watch not quite so so we i I took some took some pretty extensive notes i'm glad i did then go Um, ahead and lead i I didn't i didn't share these with you which i guess i could have Um, it's fun (laughs) so we had um some education stuff um, so Apple's involved with a program Connect Ed, and they they talked about their involvement with some local schools in the Bay Area around that, which was which was nice. I guess don't really have a lot to to add. 
Um, they then sort of had a little random shout out to iWork, which which now has real time collaboration. Uh, you know, a la like a Google Docs, which is something that. Uh, so I I did finish that episode of up, Upgrade tonight, <laughs> and I, I I had kind of a similar reaction to Jason Snell, which was like I I thought I thought I thought it already had that. Like I thought that was already a thing. I thought but, that it might have been an iWork.com feature. So that's it's later in the episode. I, I think it was maybe during Ask Upgrade or some at some point later in the episode they they mentioned that uh yeah, it, they it it had this kind of, but it was only with I guess like the web version or something. And now now you've got the real-time collaboration stuff in the native apps across Mac OS, iOS etc yeah which so. i guess cool but um maybe I, i'm not I'm, I'm not an iwork user so um and I, I just i just never would be as someone who regularly uses microsoft excel like i'm i'm not gonna switch over to numbers and somebody who wants to be able to open their documents in four years <laughs> <laughs> that that too um again please see episode 54 <clears throat> right so that so there was that yeah. which you know was whatever there there was there was wasn't even a mention of like when, when this was coming out that was something else they commented on by the way we're, we're probably going to reference that episode of upgrade a lot whatever don't care it's a, it's a great podcast so not going to apologize for um referring to it a bunch um but yeah they you know they made the comment that like there was no release date or anything around this so very much seemed like just sort of like a random time filler sort of topic in the event yeah i i I assume that was just the nod to something that has to do with mac i don't i don't know if that's if like most uh previous iphone announcements because haven't they also always used the iphone announcement to just give casual reference to the fact that oh there's a new version of os 10 or something's coming out so i assume this was part of that well i think what wasn't it like couple of years ago like the release date for OS 10 was in like a demo email or something on the or like an email on the demo machines yeah i think that was last year where it got demoted to basically just like a throwaway gag or something that only like people who were paying super close attention would see well i think this year it got downgraded even again because the release date to mac os sierra is just on the website now and it, 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 as far as i know there was absolutely no mention of it even sort of like from an abstract perspective during the event but it's yeah. it's, it's september 20th i think yeah was there a release date for ios 10 uh september 13th next tuesday got it and same for watch os 3 right cool although no mention of the next version of tv os although evidently the gm version of that came out after the event so wouldn't be terribly surprising to see that on tuesday as well got it um so then then we get into the apple watch stuff um the before getting into the um apple watch 2 or we will get to the real name shortly call that a call that a tease um they talked a little bit about how the first version of Apple Watch is doing and they 
they had sort of this, this you know, the d- generic Apple slide without any sort of data, but just sort of like a very, it's like a very kind of, you know, Amazon-like slide where not a lot of detail. And they highlighted that they are now the number two watch brand in the world. And they, they measure this by sales revenue. So they're, they're number two behind Rolex. I, I know my, my first thought about that was, I don't know if that's, I don't know whether to take that as a sign of how well Apple Watch is doing or just how little people care about watches now. How is, are they, are they, are they just talking about luxury watches? How on earth is Rolex the most popular watchmaker? Well, so they, again, so they, they, I had to watch this, this I had to watch this bit a second time to, to catch this. It's, it's by sales revenue. So not by, <laughs> okay. not by units sold. Because I noticed that, like, I think number three or number four was Fossil, which are, you know, those, like, relatively low-end watches that you see everywhere. And I was, like, I was really surprised to see Apple Watch ahead of that. But when you, when you consider that it's sales revenue, it starts to, you know, make a lot more sense. You got to sell a lot of those $12 Fossil watches to, you know, get to a $500 or $600 Apple Watch. Um, yeah. But again, like, I, I, don't, I don't really know... I don't really know how big of a deal that is just in the context of who wears a watch anymore. And I, I say that as somebody who's worn a watch almost every day of their life going all the way back to like elementary school. But like, I mean, you, you look around and outside of the occasional Apple watch that I see, people just don't wear watches anymore. Yeah. I, I assume this was to get around the fact that they just had no good sales numbers to show. Because I, cause I think most uh, sale, like uh, supply chain and, and sales channel, like tracking stuff, like it just doesn't speak to any large number. Because Apple's always very quick to volunteer whenever they've sold a lot of something, and if it's an astounding number of units, they will always talk about it. And I think this was just a way to try to um, suggest it's having a lot of success, but uh, not actually give any hard numbers on it. Well, you know what I'm waiting for now, and I'm sure somebody's going to try to do this. Somebody's now going to try to back into what they think Apple Watch sales have been. Because somebody could do it, theoretically. How so? Well, you would would determine what Rolex is. So the the number they gave was from 2015. Uh, They said that during the presentation. So if you wanted to come up with a rough estimate as to what you thought Apple Watch revenue was going to be, you'd look at what Rolex's was, you'd look at what number three was, which I think was Fossil. Maybe it was somebody else. Doesn't matter. Whoever number three was, then you know that, well, Apple Watch revenue has got to be somewhere between those two. So maybe maybe you end up with a pretty big range. I don't know. But, but you wouldn't really get down to units. I mean, because it would be really difficult to find out how many editions were sold, because that's got to be a majority of them. <laughs> I mean, you could you could probably kidding aside, you could probably come up with a reasonable guess as to what you think the mix is. I mean, it's got to be seventy percent sport, probably, maybe higher, yeah. mm-hmm. and then you know the remaining twenty nine percent being the middle edition, and then the the, the you know the top top one percent, if you will, being the uh, the edition. I think that's got to be a. Tenth of a percent, probably. Well, although again, by sales revenue, I don't know. Maybe it's but by units sold, certainly. But by sales revenue, maybe it's you know, handful handful of those like seventeen thousand dollar rose gold watches. I mean, that's 
that's a lot of that's a lot of sport models. Sure, soon to be Nike models, right? Or um, ceramic models, which we which we'll get which we'll get to. Well, no, that's a new edition. I know. We'll we'll get to that. Uh, so then they yeah they went into they they've got a version of Pokemon Go for the uh, the Apple Watch, and my my only note about that was just the word grown, because they said at the end of this presentation that this is going to be available like sometime this year inferring that it's probably going to be like sometime late this year at which point nobody will remember what pokemon go even is so it's been downloaded half a billion times i assume a lot of people are i like i'm i'm always one to to pour water over or like the next silly fad but like it being in everybody's like consciousness is probably going to go away, but I assume there's still going to be a lot of people that play it. Maybe, but I, I, I have a core group of friends who were pretty into it and they're, they're all off the bandwagon now. Even the nerdy ones. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I don't know, whatever. If people are excited about that. Great. And then, so then finally, yeah. So we get to the, uh, the Apple watch two or the Apple watch series Two, which is what they landed on, which I actually think is a pretty good name. Um, I think it's I think it's good, but I can't help but think about TiVo when they talk about it that way. Yeah, that's a good point. And then I also just immediately start to think of, well, now they've trapped themselves into the number game where, I mean, so are we just now going to have the series three, four, five, on and on and on? Um, probably. Yeah, pretty probably. Speaking of iPhone seven, yeah, probably. Yeah, exactly. Um, although you know, again, referring to the episode of Upgrade from today, which which I, everybody should listen to, I I it really it really has never occurred to me, or maybe it has, and I just haven't given it a lot of thought. But really, put side by side with kind of the new naming convention that we have with Series Two and Series One, which we'll get to. The, the the way that the Apple Watch was initially, like the naming convention of the initial round of Apple Watches was, was such a mess. My God. Like, the, well, the, the, I mean, uh, it, it definitely was, but that was, I, I think, I really want to know who inside Apple is to blame for it, because I think the it turned out that way because somebody really wanted the addition to exist. And I, and I kind of want to know who that was. But well, but I but even even the exi- the but hold on, like the existence of the edition though doesn't explain the fact that the low tier version had a name, the sport, and then like the middle tier version didn't have a name. Well, it did it was the Apple Watch Watch? <laughs> I mean, it, uh, I think the the other two only became confusingly named. Because somebody pushed really hard to have an extreme high-end phone to try to give the product like additional legitimacy as like a a luxury watchmaker, which it which it, it totally isn't, wasn't, and won't be. Well, they're they're sort of sort of still trying, which which again we'll we'll get to. Um, so yeah, so we have the Apple Watch Series Two, um. I guess just quickly running down what's new. So we've got a new dual core processor with the S2 chip, double the graphics performance, 
GPS, um, which I want to talk a lot more about, and then a brighter screen. Now that's sort of like those are sort of like the the key hardware features that were that were highlighted. Um, and before we guess we get into like the the GPS stuff, the thing I was surprised about was they spent a ton of time. Well, so I guess I should also preface this by saying that the the watch is now officially um, swim and water resistant as well. And they, they spent a lot of time talking about swimming. Like they had a little video about this simulator that they built on campus that simulated years of being in the water and they talked about they took like blood samples from swimmers so they can make sure that they were like measuring um, swim activity correctly, like all this kind of stuff. And I mean, maybe I'm maybe I'm just biased and looking at this through a narrow lens, but like, do that many people like swim? Like, is that is, is swimming really like the thing that the that people have been waiting to buy Apple watches for? Like how many people, I guess put it a different way, how many people are out there who have said, I'm not going to buy an Apple Watch yet because it can't track my swim workouts? Like, is that, is that really a big audience? I think that was just a way of them being able to push really hard on and like impress upon people the importance of like all the work they did with waterproofing. But aren't there other ways they can do that besides talking about blood samples and water simulators? Well, and, and and I don't want to marginalize what they did, but like I remember last uh, keynote, they they did like a, a ton of stuff related to um, uh, wheelchair use with the Apple Watch. Like sometimes they just go super in depth on something that's uh, more narrower in focus. Accessibility stuff, though, I I put in a different category because I I think it is an audience which is woefully underserved, and I think. If Apple wants to be that company that sort of tries to compensate in the other direction, I think like, I'm okay with that. But like, with just sort of like a, a more generic category like swimming, like I, I don't know, that just seems, I don't know, that that seems to me like an admission that we don't really have a lot of other exciting stuff to talk about with this thing. So we're just going to go on and on about this thing that applies to some small percentage of people. Perhaps, but but visually, it, it it has some some pizzazz. Um, you you it's 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 an easier way to illustrate the waterproofing. Um, but yeah, I mean the, the big stuff. Well, but the the thing I observed, or I I think is is worth noting, is that in the uh, original release of the Apple Watch, they pushed like didn't they have like three or four tentpole features? Like it was um, they had the they had they they tried to do the the three tentpole features kind of like the iPhone thing exactly like the announcement of the original iPhone. Yeah. So with this one, they pushed super super hard on it. Like they basically all out said like this is this is a fitness tracker. Right. They abandoned almost everything. It, it like the old one was like it's it's an elegant timekeeping piece. It's it's a uh, a new method of com- com- communicator. Well, no, that was the iPhone. Well, I'm sorry. It, it, the I'm referring to like the um the heartbeat stuff and all that. Yeah, like it was a, it was a new way to communicate with like the digital touch and the sending your heartbeat and all all that BS. But yeah, on this one, it was it was all fitness all the time. 
like I, I know they were they were hyping up the waterproofing and the GPS, which those are most useful for fitness activities. But yeah, that that's all they talked about. Yeah, well, I mean, it it gives the Apple Watch a more clear focus, which I think is a good thing. Um, although I, I, it is sort of a, it's a dicey proposition, sort of becoming sort of just like the next the next fitness band, which you know the the Nike stuff, which maybe we'll get more into. I think also sort of cemented. That's sort of a I don't know. It seems like it might might narrow your audience a little bit more than you need to but but we'll see i guess yeah um so the the thing that i i guess want to talk most about is the the big deal made about gps and the, the reason like i i just totally don't understand why this is a thing that people are making such a fuss about and this is something that jason snell totally hit on today which is like to me gps would have been a big deal if the watch had both gps and cellular data where you could truly use it independent of your phone but you know because the current apple watch which doesn't have a gps just leverages the gps in your phone like for me there's there's never a situation where i'm wearing my watch where i don't have my phone cuz like when i'm running i still want notifications and everything so like I, I just for me there would never be a situation where the fact that the watch also has a GPS would be in any way beneficial to me. And for most people I would think that's the case. Like are are there really a lot of people now who previously ran with their iPhone who now choose not to run with their iPhone because they have an Apple Watch? Like I don't think so. For me I think I might like it. But that's dependent upon, like, the whole using headphones and actually playing music from it not being terrible. Well, I mean, yeah, then that, that's part of, I think, you know, in, in addition to wanting notifications and to, you know, for emergencies even, having your phone with you when you're out running. I mean, yeah, you also need to be able to listen to music. And so far, the music options when you're, when you're just using the watch and you don't have your phone... They're just not very good. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I don't know. Like, uh, because it showed, um, do you remember the picture where they showed that it would show, like, where you slowed down and, and sped up during your run? Right. Is that something that is inherently based off the watch GPS? Or, like, could that not just be done with your phone? That That is exactly what I thought, too. And, I mean, I, I it seems like they're probably going to tie it to the GPS and the watch. But I, I really don't see any reason why they couldn't have had that exact same feature already with, you know, the original activity app, which came with the first Apple Watch. Yeah, I mean, a lot of this looks like just like software tweaks, and which which is totally fine. But I mean, I guess the argument would be, well, then it creates a situation where if sometimes you run with your phone and sometimes you don't, then you run into this situation where like sometimes you have the map and sometimes you don't, which is not a good um, user experience. But again, I go back to, and maybe again, I'm looking at this through a narrow lens, but like. It's, who who runs without their phone or who runs with their phone sometimes and not other times like i just don't i don't think people do that i think people run with their phones i i i 
almost everyone I see out running has their phone. So I I don't know. I I just I don't I don't know who this is for really. I don't think it could hurt. Maybe not hurt, but it's just duplicative. Because now now I've got a GPS in both my watch and my phone. Like great. What what does that what does that do me? I don't know. I I think eventually, as it becomes more mature product, having the Apple Watch be a self-contained thing is something that's worthwhile. Like, I'm not somebody who's clamoring for uh, an LTE connection inside the watch, but like, if for some reason your phone was unavailable or Bluetooth range expired or your phone um, phone's battery died or something, uh, like, I think if the watch was uh, something that was pretty self-sufficient and, and would operate independently it's not the worst thing in the world and i think a gps is is one step uh, of the way there yeah I, I i guess but in that sense it really is just sort of like a stepping stone towards something bigger well sure you got it yeah one block at a time right so uh, speed bump wise do you think the new processor makes much of a difference? Um, I mean, they, they think they, you know, they, they said dual core um, as opposed to a single core processor in the first Apple Watch. I think they talked about double the graphics performance. Um, so, I mean, I think the, the one thing that's going to be really interesting to see is, you know, how much of a performance improvement we see just from Watch OS 3 alone versus how much of it is going to come from the hardware improvements. And I think, you know, prior to this event, Apple seemed to really be trying to emphasize the software improvements. And, you know, that alone was going to result in some huge performance gains. But, and I we maybe should just get into this, Apple is bringing that same new dual-core S2 processor from the Apple Watch Series 2 to the original Apple Watch, which they're going to continue to sell as the Apple Watch Series 1. And I don't know, to me, I interpret that as being a huge admission to, yeah, the original Apple Watch is woefully underpowered. You know, we we overshot our battery life estimates and we, we erred too far to the side of lowering performance for the sake of battery life. And as a way of correcting that now we're going to bring this faster processor across the line. So I think it's it's going to be hard to tell. I maybe I guess people people will prove this out is how much performance gain we we get just from Watch OS 3 versus the improved hardware, but I think by bringing the new hardware even back to the sort of original watch, which is really something that Apple's never done before. I think I think it's a it's a admission that you know, there there needs to be some hardware improvements to make this thing perform at an acceptable level. So does that mean that everybody has to upgrade? I mean, we'll see. I mean, we'll see on Tuesday when WatchOS 3 comes out, but I, I'm not going to be shocked at all if we see some side-by-side comparisons between the... Oh, Sarah, I saw Syracuse came out and, and called it the... Apple Watch Series Zero, which I thought is pretty good. Um, we'll see what the performance is like on Watch OS three between you know the watches that you and I have versus the ones that are coming out here in a couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, from the betas, I think a lot of people mentioned that 
watchOS 3 kind of is like giving you a whole new watch and that and that's probably good enough for me. Um yeah, because a lot of it just seems like just rethinking the way the software is designed and, and the interface is what's gonna reduce a lot of um a lot of the lag and and unhappiness most people have with the watch. I mean, I, you know, for me, I'm going to have the same mentality towards the watch that I do with my phone, which is it's something that I interact with all the time, all day, every day. And so any sort of little performance gain that I can get, I'm into. I mean, that that really is the primary reason I upgrade my iPhone every year is because I want every little bit of performance. And I, I feel the same way with the Apple Watch. Is any, any tiny little bit of performance gain I can get, I'm I'm all for so wait, so this means that you are definitely upgrading your watch? Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Have you already pre-ordered it? Uh, they, they don't start until Friday. Oh, I thought that one was available almost immediately. No, the the watch and the phone are both pre-order on the 9th, released on the 16th. Yeah, for me, it's trickier just because I enjoy having the space black stainless steel. And I assume that's not going to have super awesome resale value. And I don't feel like buying it again. Yeah, the the resale value we'll we'll see, but um, oh yeah, no, I'm I'm definitely gonna definitely gonna upgrade. Oh, um, cool. So I, I guess to to round out the um the Apple Watch stuff, the the other things that I wrote down were um this is something that you commented on when we were going back and forth over Slack during the event, which was that the pricing is is funky, um kind of weird odd numbers. So I guess this the Series Two starts at 369 and this the series one is 269 again the series one being the basically the series two but without the improved screen without the waterproofing and without the gps so the the but the new processor um so kind of kind of a weird i don't know weird 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 price points um and then on top of that, you've got the. I'm actually the. I'm actually looking at that exact graphic that you just sent me. On, this on, Tim Cook's Apple. We're gonna we're gonna get to this, but yeah. So it, it's so there's Apple Watch. You know, I guess yeah. Let's just run down this graphic. So Apple Watch Series One, Series Two, which we've been talking about. Then there's the Apple Watch Series Two Nike Plus Edition, which we've briefly briefly alluded to. So that this is. Basically, the Apple Watch Series Two, but with a a special Nike band, which I personally think is atrocious. Like I would, I would never ever wear this band, even just running. I just would not would not wear this thing. And it also seems like there's some um, customized face watches, which are watch um, watch faces rather, which are exclusive to the to this version, similar to the Hermes. Uh, watch faces that came out last year. Well, why why are you laughing at me? Am I still am I still not pronouncing that correctly? How'd you say it? Hermes. No. Is that not right? It's Hermes. Hermes. But, thank but, you. But alternatively, because it's it's a high fashion brand that should it should be respected, I just call it Hermes. <laughs> the la- the lady friend always corrects me about that too. So I've I've tried to tell her about it, and I th- I'm sure I've also said the name incorrectly. Got to mention it, Kate Spod. <laughs> right. Just troll her back. Yeah, I should. Uh, that, that's good. I actually might use that. Uh, <laughs> um, so then there is the the Apple Watch. How, how do how are we how are we saying this? Hermes. Is that right? Hermes. Hermes. Thank you. 
Thermes, the the Series 2. Um, and then, as again we've alluded to, there is still the Apple Watch Edition. So that going into this event, people were wondering whether Apple was going to continue with the Edition Edition. Um, and they are, but but not in the way that people thought. So that the gold apparently is out and in is ceramic. Which is weird because they, they kind of started talking about Apple, the new Apple Watch, and they kind of started with the ceramic version. Um, but then, you know, after the, like, they didn't talk about really pricing around that, you know, until after the event when it showed up on the website and people realized that the base model for the ceramic edition is like, it's like 1200 bucks, like mm-hmm. 1249 I think. Yeah, they made it sound like, oh, we have this cool new material that's going to be super, super durable. And hey, like, look at this. But that happens to be the most expensive one that nobody's going to buy. Yeah, like the the messaging was was super, super unclear. Where mm-hmm. I where I thought that the ceramic version might be sort of like either a replacement or an alternative to the stainless steel. Yep. Which is which it's totally not. Um. I I wouldn't even I wouldn't even really want a, a white. Apple Watch, just similar to the reasons why I would never want a white iPhone, is because I, I don't like the white border around a black screen. And it's just, just it's kind of off-putting. Um, so, th- so the idea that this is now also the most expensive Apple Watch is it's kind of weird. But people are into it, I guess. Yeah, I actually thought it looks pretty nice. Like I, I'm totally with you in terms of like I, I on an iPad specifically, I think a white border is super distracting. On a phone, I'm not in love with it, but I actually think this looked pretty nice, although a, a black ceramic one would be even better uh, to replace the stainless steel. But yeah, it, it the whole messaging and the, the entire Apple Watch segment just seemed really off and uneven. But yeah, it was, it was a weird way to to kind of position the whole thing. Yeah. It, and, it, it, and also not to mention that it is the addition or what, what the hell is even happening with that. Because during the original Apple Watch announcement, or whichever one they actually gave a lot of info with, like they spent so much time on that ridiculous ten thousand dollar watch. Yeah, I mean, you know, for all the faults of the first version of the Apple Watch, at least sort of like the structure of how it was going to be sold was made very clear. It's we've got three versions: the base version, the middle version, and the really expensive version. Whereas in today's announcement, like they they sort of just like. They basically just put like series one, series two, the Nike plus, the Hermes, whatever. Um, and, nice. and the, and the addition, they basically just talked about them all interchangeably and on the same plane. But like, I mean, even the, the Hermes version is like, those are also well over a thousand dollars to start. Mm hmm. So, like, I don't know, putting that in the same sentence as a $369 Nike version, which, by the way, the Nike version's the exact same price as, like, the regular aluminum. We're not calling it the Sport now, but the aluminum version of the Series 2. It's like, the whole thing is just, it's very, it's very confusing. Yeah, it definitely is. And it's still unclear as to what features you get related to Nike Plus if you don't buy the Nike one. Well, I think so. They because like, they have they've done the the exclusive watch face thing a couple of times. But. Yeah, but Mike and Mike and Jason seem to pin that down during upgrade because they were initially unclear about it too. But I guess someone wrote in or they they found some page which indicated that 
the watch faces are exclusive to the Nike version, which is nothing new, but that everything else, like all the Nike social stuff and all that, was, was just an app that'll be available for anybody. And I think that makes sense. Hmm. Man, I, I, if anything, though, this, that Nike band, like, the only way that I would get that version of it is if it costs less. Well, if you if you go if you go to the Nike product page, there's actually four bands. The one that's black and gray and the one that's white and gray. Not as gross. Still not my taste, but No, I, I agree. I they didn't talk about the other colors during the event, at least not not that I saw. But I I, I did see those other colors afterwards and I agree that the black and gray is not as bad, but man. I don't know. Just having like those those random holes in the band like that, I hmm. it's breathable. Yeah, but the regular sport bands, plenty breathable. Anyway, um, I think that's that's about that's about all I had with the the Apple Watch stuff. Um, the I guess the only other thing I wrote down was that um, Jeff Williams, who who did the presentation part of of uh or who did the Apple Watch part of the presentation. He's really good. He's really, really good. Yeah, that's why I was wondering where uh, Adobe guy was. Yeah, Kevin Lynch. I, I, I don't... I mean, and he's he's good in a different way, but not not as great as a presenter. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, there, there's been some people who have sort of speculated that maybe, you know, Jeff Williams is, is going to be Tim Cook's successor someday. Like, that's... Some people have, have made that point, and it's it's kind of... You kind of start to see that in him like he, he's a very good very good stage presence he seems versatile yeah exactly yeah uh so 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 then uh iphone i guess right yeah um tim cook started the the iphone section off by saying that they've now sold over a billion iphones which is you know that's there's there's going to be plenty of gripes we have about this iPhone and about just sort of Apple in general, but um, that is a objectively impressive number. Like one one billion of any single consumer electronic device is that's that's pretty incredible. Well, uh, over multiple generations, over nine years. Well, but but still, I mean, nine nine years really isn't that long in the grand scheme of things well but also you can compare the uh the number of uh android devices that have been activated which which far outpaces it but but no it's it's still definitely an accomplishment especially for a premium product that even when they try to make it more um affordable and downscale it um still has a fairly high price point it does yeah um the other thing that um, briefly stood out to me near the beginning of the presentation was um, Tim was kind of giving a recap of some of the big features of iOS 10, and he mentioned the kind of limited Siri integration with third-party apps, and the the third-party app that he used to demonstrate on stage was Lyft. So I, th- I thought it was interesting that Tim Cook is a, a Lyft user, not a, not an Uber user. I don't think um, Tim Cook's an anything user. I think, <laughs> well, I think he buys a new car and and a new person to right. take him every place he wants, anytime, and he discards both. <laughs> That's probably true. Um, he never has the same driver twice. Right. <laughs> That's pretty good. 
Um, I'm I'm being completely serious. (laughs) (laughs) Um, the other the other thing that I that thought was sort of interesting is the other thing that Tim Cook emphasized from iOS 10 was the HomeKit improvements. And I like it. I don't know. That whole section came across as like, remember when we told you that HomeKit was going to be really awesome when we first introduced it a couple of years ago? Like, I think I remember that every year for the past four years. Yeah. Like, actually, like, oh, no, no. Now, now we're serious. Now it's going to get really good. It's like it, 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 he almost treated it as like they were introducing HomeKit for the first time. And it was like, no, man, like you, you've had this thing for a while and you've just totally neglected it and not made the third party hardware relationships that you needed to it's it's it comes across as very disingenuous that like now all of a sudden it's supposed to be this thing we care about well i think this is the first time ios 10 is the first time they've had their whole ass into it again continuing theme yeah the, the, the full i'm glad that you used whole ass and not full ass because we can't we can't what use, is the difference we can't we can't use that term on the show i don't want to die i don't want to change topics but i don't understand the difference uh, well, well we'll we'll get into it off the air is, is, is this an urban dictionary thing it's again fa- family friendly show <laughs> <laughs> how is whole last fine okay um but yeah like this is the first time they've actually had like in in prior versions of ios HomeKit was this incredibly vague thing that sometimes was accessible through siri and sometimes accessible through random other things but never really manifested itself inside the uh the operating system as like an actual application that you can touch and and use so i think now that they actually have a home app that might make more of a difference than it has in the past but yeah i I understand it's it's tricky but yeah every single year they do try to act like it's it's the first time they ever (laughs) talked about it right which is like 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 people aren't gonna remember yeah which which maybe they won't because they've never used it. Like who knows? Maybe maybe Apple Music will get a do over every year now. Yeah, maybe. Um, all right. So then that that was sort of the the precursor uh, to the hardware stuff, which Tim then brought out Phil Schiller to talk about. Um, right off the bat, well, so I guess also the other thing, just to kind of the meta event stuff that was happening was like I think even before the carpool karaoke video ended, evidently. Uh, Apple's Twitter account inadvertently like tweeted out all the details about the iPhone 7, you know, including the name, the waterproofing, the new camera stuff, er- everything. So we we already kind of knew about this before Schiller got up there, but I guess pretending that we didn't, uh, Schiller came up and uh, you know right off the bat they come out with the iPhone 7 name, which was which was a point of um, speculation. I, I think, you know, what what you and I talked about earlier today off the air was I, I don't think so much that like this year is sort of the weird spot they put themselves in. But if, if all the rumors are true and it boy, it, again, where there's smoke, you know, there's fire. And it sure seems like there's a lot of smoke in, in this rumor, which is that next year, 10 year anniversary of the iPhone, there's going to be this huge hardware overhaul it seems like they put themselves in a really weird spot next year where I don't think they can call next year's phone, the iPhone seven S 
Like that would just be weird if it, if it is such a big change. So by sticking with their traditional naming convention, I, I guess they've sort of just like punted on changing the name and you know maybe it'll happen next year. So do you so is next year iPhone 8? I don't think so. No. I think if they're if they're going to deviate from their traditional naming structure, I think they got to go in a totally different direction. Yeah, I'm not I'm not sure about that. I think for the product that accounts for 70% of your revenue, I, I don't I don't think you can be very adventurous in, in how you in how you name things. Well, I, I, mean, I still think it's iPhone. I know I don't. I'm not one of those like Apple phone people, but I think it's. I think it's going to be iPhone something, and it's not going to be eight or seven S. But what is it? I I don't know. iPhone one. I never. I never would have thought of the Air, or even like the iPad. Like I don't know. Apple's naming conventions are beyond my realm of imagination. But again, like iPhone is 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 like a zippy and like not catchy, but it's like it's it's a it's a good it's a good name. And it well, if maybe, any, if any, maybe next year's phone is just iPhone. It's it's not. I mean, because again, we've we've talked about this because they keep the old ones around. They they don't get the luxury of doing that. But um, and and you can tell that Apple has has trouble naming things with everything that we saw saw today, where. Everything has 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 a, a a letter and a number on it, like the the headphones have a W one chip. Like what 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 the hell is that? Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll get to that. But the um, the Apple Watch Series One now has the S one P chip, and like all all it doesn't, and like, it, does, it doesn't just have the same S two chip. No, if you go to the product page, it has the S one P chip. Oh, I guess it's because the S two has the new graphic stuff, and the Series One must not. Yeah. And then what else uh something had the the term fusion in it. Well, it's it's the A10 fusion the the processor and the See, iPhone 7. I don't know that the naming stuff that it's, yeah, it's, not, that, it's not what it used to be. Yeah, they have nobody nobody besides us gives a shit about the name of the processor in their iPhone. Well, I'm just saying that means uh, that has me very uh pessimistic on on them being able to come up with something that's not iPhone 8. Eh, I I don't know the 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 processor stuff. I mean that that the the name of the processor that's not even something that like when you go into the Apple Store and you look at like a a feature set of the new iPhone, they don't say like oh featuring the A10 processor. Like it does, does it, it totally does. Does it really? Yes. Oh, because that's why they, they like Apple's always so proud that they talk about the chip that's in it, even though that means nothing to nobody. Hmm. Sorry, well, nothing to anybody. <laughs> um <laughs> okay well then yeah the a10 fusion is kind of a weird name and and why 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 do the headphones have to have some type of oh well, well public facing oh, we will processor name we 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 will get to the headphones don't, so courageous don't worry <laughs> oh god fucking guy all right no, we 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 will we will get to that so uh colors or something yeah so the iphone 7 as as it is now known um schiller in his very Apple-esque way said, "Hey, I've got ten things to tell you. It's always it's either three things or it's ten things with with the Apple stuff. So there were there were ten things to tell us about the iPhone Seven. We will we will not go through all ten things. I intentionally did not even take notes on all ten things. Um, but I guess you know the 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 minor highlights are uh, slightly refined design where the and you know the antenna lines are." 
sort of along the side of the phone. So they're, they're now more a part of the phone as opposed to just being these lines on the phone. Um, we've got uh, two new colors. So space gray is out and we've now got piano black and just regular black, which even Schiller kind of poked fun at on stage, which I thought was good. The piano black is sort of a glossy black finish and then the just regular black is more of a matte finish and then we've also got you know the traditional silver gold and rose gold um improved display with the wider color gamut which is something that they've been rolling out across you know first the iMac and then now the 9.7 inch iPad Pro and I think actually maybe both iPad Pro models um Although what's interesting about the the display, pausing on that for a second, no true tone, which I'm I'm really surprised by. I thought I thought that every device from here on out would just feature a true tone display. Yeah, I mean it might it might be a room for sensors type thing, or like it's it's weird that it isn't even on the plus since apparently that's that's the new hot phone that gets uh, that they throw all the overflow features into. Yeah, one well, and you know like Schiller made that comment. Uh, during the, the the live talk show at WWDC, saying that kind of once you look at a true tone display, you don't want to look at anything else. So, which kind of seemed to be a pretty heavy indication that that's where Apple was taking everything. So, I, I don't know. Kind of weird that it's not true tone. Um, but as someone who's never really used a true tone out true tone display outside of an Apple store, I guess I can't even really tell you how big of a deal that is. Um, new home button, which um apple made the analogy to which a lot of the rumors had made the same analogy to as being sort of like the force touch trackpad equivalent for the iphone where the you know the home button is no longer a physical button similar to how the trackpads and the macbook pros are no longer physical buttons and instead you just get sort of this haptic or in, in apple's case taptic feedback um so the button doesn't physically depress, but it does give you a sensation. Although it seems like the the early impressions from people have been that very much unlike how with the MacBook Pros, when you used one of these, you know, force touch trackpads, it really did feel like you were just using a regular old physical button. Apparently the the sensation with this new home button is is nothing like the the home buttons that we know today. So it seems like it's going to take some getting used to. Yeah, I, I for this one, I I understand kind of the motivation behind it because multiple iPhones have had issues with the reliability of the home button and, and that type of thing. But it seems like yeah, like if it if it's not like force touch in in like that haptic feedback and like that kind of stuff, they put it into everything. Like they even put it into the Apple Watch, and, and they're stepping back from that quite a bit. But this seems like the one place where it actually would be important to have it and it seems like it's not there so i i don't see how they're how they can really spin this into a positive change other than the fact that it boosts the reliability well and that was another thing that jason and mike talked about today which is they you know for as much time as they spent on justifying the removal of the headphone jack which believe me we're going to get into they really didn't go much into why they made this change on the home button and like i'm really starting to buy into this theory that both the home button and the headphone jack are both changes that are being made this year 
so that they're not a distraction next year when next year's design really would kind of demand these changes but instead they're being made this year again to sort of just get them out of the way so like it's we're i feel like we're in this really weird position where like this year's iphone is only going to make sense once we know what next year's iPhone's going to be. And that that's such a that's such a weird that's a weird thing. For a company that sells 80 million phones a year, I don't think it gets to be that way. But I, but I I really do think it is. I and mean, there's no there's no way we're going to know until a year from now, but I like I really do think that if if the rumors are true and next year's design is this this crazy like edge to edge glass display thing, where like the home button's built into the screen and all the rumors that have been floating around about next year's phone. Um, like we're, we're going to look back at this year's phone and we're really going to say like, wow, this thing was, this thing, the only, like the only purpose of the iPhone 7 was to like rip the bandaid off some of these weird changes they had to make in order to make it so that the, you know, iPhone anniversary edition or whatever next year's phone's going to be called you know, everybody just focuses on. The... I'll give you a hundred dollars if it's called iPhone anniversary <laughs> edition. Um, yeah, everybody's just gonna focus on the good stuff. Like that's gonna it's gonna be amazing if if that's if that's in it, you know in the annals of history. If the, if the iPhone seven goes down is basically just like the precursor to the good iPhone the following year. That's gonna be kind of amazing. And I I kind of think that might happen. Like I kind like I kind of think. I kind of think that's what's going on. It, I just just a total hunch, but I don't know that for some reason that just makes a lot of sense to me. So you're saying Apple releases a mediocre, half-assed upgrade to to its iPhone for a year just to buy itself time, so that there's a real banger on the the next one. Mm-hmm. That's risky. I mean, I think I think if they could release next year's phone today, they would. I mean, I don't think they're holding it back just so that it can coincide with the 10 year anniversary of the original. But I, I think next year's phone's not ready yet. They know that there's these changes they have to make. So they're, they're going to start making them this year and they're going to, you know, cause I mean like what the crazy thing, and let, let's just, let's maybe just get into the, the headphone jack stuff and then we'll get into the camera stuff last. Like, it's crazy now that they sell three generations of iPhones. They have the SE, they've got, well, I guess four generations, right? Do they still sell just the 6? Or no, I guess they, they don't sell the 6. They sell the 6S. So they sell the SE, the 6S, and now the 7. And like those first two phones, and let, let me call out the 6S in particular since it's the same form factor, it still has a headphone jack. They're not removing the headphone jack from that phone. They're, they're still selling phones with a headphone jack. Wouldn't that be hilarious if they actually did they did like an, uh, an Apple Watch Series 1? They're like, no, we're going to keep it for sale, but we're actually going to upgrade this phone by removing the headphone jack so there's feature parity. Right. So they, like, there's, there's no clear reason why this year had to be the year. Like, there's, there's no technical reason why. And there wasn't some like huge improvement in Bluetooth or something this year that like warranted this to be the year. Like the fact that they decided to remove the headphone jack this year is no different than like if they had done it last year. So like that to me, that's like the that's the biggest piece of evidence that like they're they're doing this now just so that they can get it out of the way for 
something they've got planned down the road. Because, I mean, they're they're going to get backlash for the, the headphone thing. I mean, like, I even just, like... Will oh, they? I think so. I mean, it'll be short-lived. Like, I, I, I totally buy into the, you know, even just, like, six months from now, nobody's going to be talking about this. Like, it, it'll be, like, the 30-pin to the lightning transition. People will be pissed off for a while, but then people will get over it. That's that's totally what's going to happen here. And by the way, 18 months from now, there's not going to be a single high-end smartphone that's got a headphone jack. I mean, you can you can take you can take that to the bank. So I mean, you know, people people will get over this, but there's there's going to be a short period transition where people are going to be frustrated by this, which I think is totally proven out by the fact that Apple is putting the adapter in the box, which is like the most un-Apple-like thing in the world to do. They didn't even put an adapter in the box of the original iPhone with the recessed headphone jack. Like, this is something that Apple just never does. So, I mean, if there's anything you can point to that's an admission of, yeah, we know that this is kind of risky and that people are going to be upset by this, you could point to the fact that they're putting the, the adapter in the box and they're only pricing the adapter for 9 bucks outside the box. Which again is very, very unApple like. That's the part that really throws me because again, going back to how this was phrased, uh, they they show up. Uh, Phil Schiller's on on stage talking about the ten reasons the the iPhone seven's next best thing, and he has an image on stage of a switchboard operator from like the nineteen twenties talking about how old this is, and the the primary reason, or like he said, the most important reason that they're doing this is because. Uh, the company has the courage to do it. Yet there, as a company that never includes an adapter for anything, includes this adapter in the box, then then why even why even do it? If this if this was really a courageous move uh, on moving moving the world forward because they're the only company with the morals to do it or, or whatever makes them sleep at night, uh, why include the adapter? Well, charge fifty dollars for the adapter. They charge fifty dollars for everything else. So yeah, I mean, so I there's there's no way to I think continue with this headphone jack conversation without talking about the the courage comment, which it it's 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 you know it it's an upsetting comment. Like it, it really is. It it's just just so it's such a terrible way to use that word. Like it it, it it's just. It it really it it's 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 really it's just really it's it's upsetting the way that it was used like it's it's it was it was so unnecessary like I thought that I thought that the the story that they were telling around why they were making this change was actually going like pretty well like I, I thought that the fact that they highlighted that you know you could have noise canceling powered headphones using the the lightning jack like i thought that was a really smart first example to use they 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 called out some like i don't know it was like jawbone headphone set or something which i thought was that was a good first example to lead with and like the other reasons they talked about where you know space is becoming more and more of a premium inside of these phones the more features we had and how, you know, wireless audio is getting better and we've got these products that are continuing to make it better. Like, I thought that whole narrative, like, if they just stopped there, like, that'd been fine. And so, like, to, to add this just completely disgusting, 
notion that they're somehow courageous by doing this. Like, it's just, it's totally unnecessary. They just, just, they just should have eliminated it. They just should not have, should not have added that. I think it's, it's crazy to me that that comment somehow made it past the 18 levels of review, you know, that go into these Apple keynotes. Well, the thing is, is you know that they probably spent days wondering how are we going to present this? Like, I'm sure they can believe whatever they want in terms of why they did why they did it. And they're welcome to. And, and, and Apple has been a company in the past that that does push the world forward by eliminating what is thought to be common technology, except this is one where legitimately the replacement is objectively worse in most ways. Right. And, you know, maybe okay, maybe they want to say they're being progressive or they're being forward thinking or they're being innovators. There, there's a handful of other words that they could use. But the fact that they chose to use the word courage, like give me a fucking break. Like that that's ridic that's ridiculous. Now who's running a not family friendly podcast? <laughs> I mean Full it's last. just it's <laughs> it's 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 just it's it's disgusting. It, it really is. And it, it's just it's amazing that it's amazing that it ended up in the keynote. And you've you've seen all the photoshop jobs and stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, and I mean they and they deserve every ounce of it. And honestly, I, I hope it. I hope it keeps up. Like I, I hope that people continue to ridicule them for it because it's a, it's a really, really bad moment for them. Yeah, I do think people should look up the Rosa Parks one. Yeah, and that's you know I mean that's kind of what I'm that's what I'm getting at. Where like I don't know to me that word. It has to be associated with a more in, in a more meaningful context. Like you can't you can't just throw out that word as a tech company which is removing technology from your phone. Like that that's just that's just inexcusable. It's just it's it's just dumb. Like I just I just don't for a company that's as smart as Apple is. Like I just don't again don't know how the people who need to would have signed off on that. How did nobody raise their hand and say, Hey guys, this is a, this is kind of an offensive stance we're taking. Like, why are we, why are we doing this? We've, we've already got a okay narrative around this change. Let's just, just, just take the other stuff we've got and stop. Yeah. I, I wouldn't go so far as to say it's offensive. I, I just, I just think it's silly. Well, yeah, may, maybe I'm being dramatic, but it's like no, I and I do get it, and and I, I, I share, I share the, uh, the sentiment in a lot of ways, but like I just think, yeah, it, it's 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 silly. I mean, there's there's as we've alluded to on this very episode, there's plenty else to be upset about in the world now, but yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, it just it, like, <laughs> who else is courageous. <laughs> I gotta watch this Lauer thing. Yeah, boy. Is this online? Oh yeah. I'm looking for it and I can't find a video of it. I think it is. If if not not tonight, it'll be tomorrow. Yeah. Um so so yeah, there's there's no headphone jack, but you know, I to to round this out on a more positive <laughs> note. What if Matt Lauer interviewed uh Tim Cook and then like the the uh, vice president of Samsung and gave the vice president of Samsung all easy questions? Oh, and then what if what if Tim Cook said he was being courageous about something? Um, which actually he did. Well, which, hold which, on, which no, actually but... Tim Cook has yeah, yeah Tim Cook actually has been courageous about 
you know, being an openly gay man. Like, uh, that's where that's where you use the word. Well, no, let me, let me take this a different way, because this does speak to Apple uh, having it doing like another uh, foot and mouth moment. Do you remember during like the San Bernardino FBI thing where uh, Tim Cook kept repeating the line that um, building a backdoor into the iPhone like would be like the software equivalent of cancer? Right. Like they've had this year, I think like at least three kind of really really dumb like messaging ideas if somebody like thought something sounded good in a meeting and then they repeat something that just be- does not end up meaning what they want it to mean right <sighs> yeah yeah and then do you want to do you want to pivot or do you want to move on to the camera well so i we, i think we, we gotta round out the the headphone jack thing with sure um airpods Oh yeah, so yeah. Those kind of go hand in hand because they that's and that's the way they and see again like that, that's because the, there's no cable. That's the messaging that they they should have stuck with, which is you know we're, we're we're removing the headphone jack. It's this antiquated technology. There's a there's a lot of other cool stuff you can do by having a lightning powered set of headphones. By the way, we're including lightning headphones in the box, and we're giving you the adapter. Like they're doing all the right things. Just like just stick with that. And then they also, on top of that, say, you know, by the way, we're also coming out with these new wireless headphones, um, which, although, you know, which for a lot of people, I think are going to work out really well, which I think is why they should have stuck with that messaging. <laughs> but the the only note that I have about the AirPods in my my notes here is that the the AirPods seem like a nightmare. And like kind of what I mean by that specifically is, and I guess we should describe what these are, is they, they literally look like the regular ear pods, including the ones that are coming with the iPhone 7, with the little like stem coming out from the earbud part. But then it basically just looks like the cable's been ripped out and all you're left with is just like the metal part. And there's there's two of these things. They're one one for each ear. They charge in their carrying case so they've got they've got five hours of battery life each and then they can charge for like an additional 24 hours of use in the the carrying case um there's a lot of cool technology like they 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 can sense when it's in your ear so that it knows to only play audio when when it's in your ear they know when you've only got one of them in your ear so that it knows that it should stop playing music and that it should only do like phone calls um there's there's a lot of and like the pairing stuff is really cool there's a lot of cool stuff going on but like the reason why they seem like a nightmare to me is like ear pods always fall out of my ears which is which is why i don't use them but like the current version like if, if one falls out of your ear or even if both fall out of your ear like no big deal because they're on a cable but like I mean, imagine one of these things falling out of your ear, like when you're walking around somewhere. Like if if one fell out, it'd be, it'd be done. Like you'd either just instantly lose it, or somebody would step on it. Like I mean, you just you would be out an ear, you know, an, an earbud. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, they're they're a tricky product. I I understand the idea of wanting to do it this way because it seems more futuristic and and it seems better in theory but i think it has a lot of a lot of drawbacks like and what i what i i you know because the airpods like every other piece of hardware today was leaked out ahead of time like or at least like the concept of it was and i i always thought that okay they'll they'll come out with some wireless solution where there's not even a cable between the the two ears but they're going to come up with some way 
to ensure that these things stay in your ear. But no, like they're they're just the regular ear pods. And for a lot of people, those just don't work. But again, you can you can kind of get around that by the fact that well, at least they're on a cable so that if they do fall out, it's no big deal. But like I don't like I to not have any answer as to like how they're going to prevent these things from falling out of your ear, which is something that I I would think would be really important since there's no cable on these things. Like to just completely gloss over that seems kind of crazy. Yeah, yeah. But maybe they just don't think it's that big of a concern. Maybe think they think it's more of an experimental product, and and that's why. And I don't want to fault them. So the the product is going to end up the AirPods will cost $160. And I don't want to fault them for saying that that's really expensive because good quality Bluetooth headphones, like uh, we both bought the um, the Bose SoundSport wireless or whatever they're called. And those are 150 and they're great headphones. So I, I don't think they're too expensive. But I also think that maybe they just don't think that many people will buy them. I mean, so maybe. maybe that's not that big of a deal. Maybe. But yeah, I don't think they're too expensive. I just think that for that type of headphone to not really call out the fact as to like how they're going to stay in your ears is crazy. Cause I think even the, the tips on these sound sport Bose headphones are called like the what, stay here or something where like they're specifically like they're different than the tips on um, like the IE twos, like the, mm-hmm. you know, they're designed differently. So I think just to have the same design as your regular wired headphones and your wireless headphones is, is just, kind of weird yeah it's also weird that these aren't going to be available day one so the phone's coming out the 16th but these things aren't going to be available until they said the end of october which seems seems like a trend seems kind of yeah seems kind of weird um which maybe we should just get into with uh the camera speaking of things that aren't gonna come out right away um so as as rumored different cameras in the the regular model and the plus model um you know i think the the big takeaway for me was so actually i went into the apple store this last weekend specifically to hold the plus model again to try to see if i could convince myself that if the iphone 7 plus camera were super awesome that i could live with the plus size version because I was like, a lot of the rumors leading up to the event were Apple's going to do all this like crazy software stuff where they're going to like combine the image from the two lenses and make some super high quality image. It's going to be way better than the regular camera, like in in low light and in all these different kinds of situations. Like there were a lot of kind of like pie in the sky sort of theories people were coming up with. And so that's why like I wanted to start seeing if I could like prepare myself to get used to the big phone. And I, I held the plus model in the store for a while on Sunday and was like, yeah, there's there's no way. There's no way I could use this phone every day. So like the last couple of days, I've just been like, man, like this is going to suck that the, the plus model is going to have this amazing camera that I'm really going to want, but I'm just not going to want to put up with a bigger phone. But, well, lucky but, you. But yeah, but to be honest, that's not what they did. So it is a dual lens system. There's a you know, the regular wide angle lens that we've had in the iPhone for a while now. And then there's a second telephoto lens. But as far as we can tell so far, Apple's only doing two things with with, with the, the dual lens system, one of which isn't even going to be available on day one. 
the first, which is going to be available, is a an optical zoom. So we're not we're not just going to have a digital zoom. We're going to have a two x optical zoom, which like okay, fine, like that that would in certain situations, I guess that would be okay. But like that to me, that's not really a must must have thing. And then the other thing that they're going to come out with is a depth of field, kind of like a dynamic depth of field. Um, option where they're going to allow you to the the, the hot word today was the, the bokeh is that what it's called the mm-hmm. uh kind of the, the the basically like having like a a person in a photo and then having the background be blurred is basically what we're talking about they're going to have the ability to do that but again not available day one coming later on in a software update but again also as was pointed out uh thoroughly on upgrade that's also not really lens dependent right like that that's just software stuff so therefore it probably for the most part could apply to the 7 i assume the the secondary lens helps it identify certain information that makes that uh probably more more reliable and and, and more successful at, at creating the effect but yeah that's it's it's all software based which is interesting right but you know, again, I am kind of relieved. As, exactly, because I mean, because I even thought about the, would would I suffer through it? And again, I've considered the the plus model on multiple occasions. But for one hand typing, it's 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 a complete non-starter. But yeah, this this is uh, it, it's fantastic news. Yeah, I mean, really, outside of the zoom and the depth of field stuff, the cameras are identical. So you're really not, you know, you're really not losing anything, which is yeah, which is great news. And then the camera, by and large, seems to be highly improved, even from the success. So, um, you know, to Apple's credit, though, the one one thing that they they did get right messaging for as wrong as they got it with the headphone jack is with the the plus model. Schiller was very very clear, like, hey, you know, we we're not looking to replace your DSLR. We're we're just looking to make the best smartphone camera possible i thought that that was good like because they 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 could uh boy they they could have started going in a real weird direction where they started implying that you're not even going to need a dslr anymore um but fortunately they they didn't do that and they were very explicit not to do that so at least they got that right sure so we're we're running along. So to to round it out, so the new one is going to be faster. Uh, it has this new quad core processor with with some new uh, low power cores and stuff to to make things overall uh, uh, more efficient, which allegedly improves battery life. Um, and did we did we already talk about Jet Black and and that kind of stuff? We did, although we didn't. We didn't comment on the fact that the micro abrasions. Yeah. So even like the second <laughs> I saw the the jet black, I thought like, oh man, that seems like a wear and tear nightmare. Um, well, I thought it might be like the ceramic one. Like I I knew it wasn't the same material, but I was like, maybe this is super scratch resistant, and that's totally worth it. But no, quite the opposite. Yeah. You know, on Apple's website, they specifically call out the fact with the jet black version that there is the possibility of micro abrasions. And and they and they invite you to cover it up with a case, <laughs> right? Yeah, you buy this this fancy new color, and you just immediately cover it up with a case. Yeah. So it's a weird year. 
I'm probably not going to upgrade because I just don't care. Um, I mean, I'm yeah, I'm I'm on the iPhone upgrade program, so I mean, for me, I'm of course I'm going to upgrade the phone. I mean, that's, that's that's part of the program I'm paying into is the benefit of being able to do that. And with with the watch, you know, again, it, it's I interact with it so much throughout the day that of course I want the latest and greatest. Well, report back on how it goes. Yeah, well, I, I, I will not be reporting back until um, October. I, I will be out of town the day that these both of these things come out. So this will be the, the first first iPhone I've missed on launch day since the 3GS. Can't you get somebody to go to an Apple store for you and then like DHL or something and send it to you in Europe? The, the, the lady friend actually legitimately did <clears throat> offer the possibility of going to an Apple store in Europe. But um, I just can you even do that? Can you do an, an annual upgrade in a different country? <laughs> I mean, the iPhone upgrade program is in the UK now, which is which is where which is where I'll be when all this is happening. But I really don't think you'd be able to process an, a US based one. Probably not. But even even if I could, like, and I I told her this, like, listen, like I'm. I'm, you know, I'm a geek and I, I want all this Apple stuff right away. But in my older years, I, I think I've come to a place where I, I can wait two weeks to get the new phone. I'll, I'll be okay. I don't, I don't need to take a day out of my vacation to, to go get the new phone. Well, that was sweet of her. So you should, you should treat her and buy her uh, a Hermes Apple Watch. I don't even, I don't think she even likes those bands. Which, uh, which, you know, which I don't either. I, th- I think I think those are some of the worst looking bands they have. She doesn't love the equestrian fittings. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, Renee yeah. Renee Ritchie was. He made a comment on the most recent episode of the talk show that like the like her, I'm just gonna keep calling them Hermes bands. Like on the the regular like non smartphone or non smartwatch watches they sell are like three thousand dollars, which is man yeah i i think high fashion and, and that kind of thing is is one of the, one of the few things in life that is legitimately objectively worthy of ridicule yeah i mean i and i i remember making this comment on the show around this time last year and it, and i'm i'm really not trying to be just an, an ass about it but like when i was watching the keynote live and they they introduced those other bands like i thought like oh like if those are like 30 35 dollars like those will be those would be like okay, like I I I really did think that. Hold, hold on, the sport band of of fluoroelastomer costs fifty bucks. Why would it be cheaper? Well, because I thought they were uglier. So I thought <laughs> I thought if they were just some like base, you know, entry level band, I was like, yeah, okay, these these could be okay. So you think Apple Watch bands should be priced according to their attractiveness? Oh yeah, I would think so. Yeah. So the sport bands would be six hundred dollars in terms of just being. <laughs> Plain, but totally acceptable. No, fifty dollars is already too much. Okay, so watch bands should range between thirty-five and fifty for all of them. Gotcha. Yeah. Actually, I'm not opposed to that. I want. I really want more of the. I, w- I would totally buy different colors, but I just. I just don't want to spend fifty dollars a pop. Well, again, to, to or to wrap this up, uh, what's um, a month? I think you've had it for. What's what's your read on the uh, the nylon it's, strap or it, whatever it's it, called? It's great. Highly recommended. Even when running and sweating no, a little I, bit? No, I don't, I don't wear it running. 
it's that's the thing. I don't want to change watch bands that often. Yeah, it's it's easy enough. Uh, so have you ever worn it running or no. in a context where it gets a little bit moist? No. Well, I mean, like doing dishes and stuff, sure. Well, does it dry quickly? It does. Hmm. No, it's great. It's 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 a it's a really it's a smart smart looking band. I like it a lot. And I think evidently they came out with some new bands today, but they didn't um, they didn't talk about them on stage. So I actually haven't even looked at them yet. Yeah, well, I'm I'm excited to try out WatchOS three and see how that goes on the existing one. Yeah, yeah. Because I definitely like a faster one, but I, I just don't think it's worth six hundred dollars. No, probably not. Yeah, but when when has that ever stopped us? Never. <laughs> oh. D- well, we'll talk about this next week um, when my iPad Pro arrives. But whoa, whoa, yeah. whoa, 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 whoa! Let's let let's talk about that. No, we're not. We're at we're at an hour and fifty. We're okay. not doing that. All right. Well, we'll we'll tease that for next week. I guess we'll we'll just talk about the fact that I I dropped or that my uh, iPad Air two slid off um uh, slid off a bed onto a tile floor and uh. Came out unscathed, except it hit and made a tiny dent in the only place that matters. So now I can't turn it off. Uh, and if it ever runs out of battery, I can't turn it back on because the power button doesn't work. So did iPad uh, Pro it is. Did you go uh, full ass and get the 12.9 inch iPad Pro? No, that's not using a full ass. That's that's using the, the dumb. But we're not. No, no, not not doing this. But God no, I I got the nine point seven, and I'm still gonna research if I, if there's some way to get it fixed at a reasonable price, and if I can do so, I'll I might return it. But I don't know. Did you take advantage of today's price cut? Is that what? No, I bought it two days before. Oh, nice. So good, good for you. Which 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 size did you get? The one twenty eight. Oh, so it's on fifty bucks. <laughs> uh, story of my month. Okay. Yeah. With that, we will uh, wrap this up until a 61% chance. Uh, chance we'll do an, a politics show next week? Nah, there, there's, there's, there's going to be too much Apple stuff to still talk about. No, there won't. Yeah, there, there probably will. Okay, 54% chance. <laughs> 9% margin of error. That seems kind of high. I don't know. I'm using the Pulse Plus model. 